Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including OKKO, which we'll be talking about today. Uh, I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Ander. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hi. Today we are back to talk OKKO. It has been since December of 2018 that we were able to talk Mm. about OKKO episodes, but recently we had uh, six new episodes available on the Cartoon Network app, so we are going to go through all of those. Um, If you want to catch up on our previous discussions on OKKO episodes, you can do that at OverlyAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverlyAnimated. You can find us on Spotify and uh, wherever you listen to us. We appreciate any ratings and reviews and tell your friends if if you like listening to us. Uh, OKKO is a show that we've talked about uh, warmly on on this podcast before and we have six new episodes to talk about today. We've got... All in the Villainy, Sidekick Scouts, Wacky Jatsies, Project Rayway, I Am Jethro, and GarQuest. So uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover, a lot of uh, potential avenues to go through. So let's begin with general thoughts. Uh, Michelle, how did you feel about this batch? Is there something that stood out to you? How, how are you feeling? Uh, general thoughts, good episodes all round. Um, I was really surprised we had a Jethro episode. Yeah, I'm gonna throw that out. Like, I love Jethro, and I will always root for him. But I didn't expect like this turn of events. A million glorbs create the ultimate Jethro, whose dream is to dance. See that? Okay, I, we're gonna wait for the, the episode discussion. But like, I, I will just say. I don't understand how if if Ko's like, oh, we'll find what you're good at. He doesn't immediately think dance because that was like his his first thought since he was born as a Jethro is that he wanted to dance. How did he? I don't know. We we will you know? dig into into, the, into this dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that that was a standout. All the villainies like obviously the best episode. <laughs> Because it's the evil villain father episode, and they're co-parenting, and it's just amazing. I love, I love it so much. Um, also, Raymond is hotter. I'm sorry, but ooh, ooh. Project Rayway, like his entire outfit was amazing, and he worked that catwalk like no other robot has ever worked a catwalk before. Okay, st- strong out of out of the gate, um, Steve. Uh, how do you feel about these episodes? Oh, I, I, I love them. They're all very good. Um, probably my favorite, probably all in the villainy. But um, yeah, yeah. But Jet Row episode kind of a close second. Um, Wacky Jaxie, I kind of have a soft spot for because being a Yu Gi Oh guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. But really, all yeah. the episodes were solid. I mean, the only like if I could pick a weak link, it'd probably be Sidekick Scout. Even though it had a great like Astro Boy reference, but mm-hmm. but normally OKK rarely really has any bad episodes. They just have okay episodes at worst. Uh-huh. I feel like <laughs> wow. we've made that joke a lot, but it's still good. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> Can we blame us? Yeah, it's been uh, so long. Well, I, I'm gonna say that all of these episodes were better than okay. Like they were all really good. Like uh, I don't know. I I just I had a lot of. It, it had been such a long time without the KO episode, so maybe that had something to do with it. But I was just very happy to <laughs> have like the, this uh, whole style back back in, like all in the villainy and Raymond's way. I think are the ones.
ones that stand out to me because like you know the robots are just so much fun and i am jethro for that matter because jethro <laughs> is you know he's, he's special man he uh, is special and yeah. honestly like a uh, guard quest also like stands out just because like it, that that is that episode especially feels like it's building on stuff that we've established previously like with the, mm-hmm. the relationship and so that that's makes it feel one and also yeah, and it does the plot one and it feels like a, a little bit more emotionally impactful than you'd expect because of it right because, and also like you've yeah. gotten that connection going and also a big reveal which if you're close to pay attention you can realize a big <laughs> reveal there and we'll probably dig into stuff there um yeah. I, let's just get to i am jethro first because yeah, like <laughs> The yeah. ultimate. I am Jethro. Here we go. Yeah. So look, Jethro. Okay, he's a special bot. <laughs> he, oh. he, usually, he is he is bound by the, his creator to only say "I am Jethro," but we have a special one who gets mul- multiple gorbs, and he is able to do more. It's a round eyes instead of slant eyes. That's how you know he's going to be different. It's a perfectly timed episode with the whole Detective Pikachu stuff out. Because with you no know, Jethro normally just says I am Jethro. That's very Pokemon esque. So, hmm. what what, got, po- what Pokemon is Jethro? Coming. Hmm. Oh, maybe Psyduck or. Don't you dare! Uh, okay. Don't bring Psyduck. I, we're not going to go there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is an anti Psyduck podcast. Or Squirtle. Squirtle's fine. Yes, uh, I can imagine like Squirtle doing a little dance. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yeah, so th- this this special Jethro is uh, deciding to figure out what to do with its life, and it wants to help people. So initially, it's like, hey, let's find what you're good at. To Ko, ever always willing to help people, is like, let's find what you're good at. And so we do see a montage of various stuff, including him being a barista and a table leg. Um, there's crinkly wrinkly dressed as Finn for some reason. <laughs> I think he's going there. to. Well, it said he was going back to like the senior center, but I thought he was going to a convention because that would have made slightly more sense. Yeah, although what if there was a convention at the old folks' home? Like, you know, there's just a bunch of old Oh nerds. my god, yes! <laughs> yes! All old nerds make their own conventions. Yeah. That would be wonderful. And then in the middle of this montage, he's also a street dancer. So this is the one moment where he gets to use his dancing <laughs> It's the skills. one moment. But, M- Michelle, tell me, how, can you think of a way where Jethro's desire to dance is also applicable with his desire to help people? Yes, he dances where people gets money. Money. That's what all <laughs> good dancers. He could absolutely make that work for him. But do you think he's helping others with his making money off of his dance skills? Yeah, because they get to see someone good at dance dancing. Plus, he's a dancing robot. I feel like there are less dancing robots in the world than dancing people. So he's already got an edge. Alex, have you ever seen like movies like Break In and movies like that? Like. When dance is like such a big part of community and inspires people, and when like there you mm, go, like yeah. evil bad guys try to shut down community centers when people can't dance, so <laughs> Jethro would fight them off. Yeah, he yeah. he'd be the hero of the dancers on the street. Yeah, so his dancing will just help the morale of the plaza. You know, just yeah. making everybody happy, and that makes them all be better heroes. I, I, okay, yeah. Okay. Because he's doing what Joe Cuppa does with stand-up, but through dance, probably. I feel like that would definitely work. <laughs> the comparison to Joe Cuppa, really? 
Was he? I, I remember was he one of these episodes. I saw a cameo by Joe Cup. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah well, well, he was on my mind because he was in yeah, one of these episodes. Yeah. Oh yeah, you again. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he exists as a mediocre entertainer. Jethro is probably a much better entertainer <laughs> than than Joe Cuppa, in my opinion. That's true. Jethro is superior to Joe. And Cuppa. I'm, and, no, and I'm just waiting for the next Jethro episode to have Jethro and Dendi really have like an episode together. <laughs> Uh, well, well. Are you just like interact with everyone though, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of an easy move. But I will say, like, this episode is setting up this special Jethro to show up again because yeah. at the end we have this whole thing where Jethro is begin is beginning a revolt with the other Jethros, and like he gives this amazing like speech, like we can move our bodies forward, we can also move our minds and our spirits yeah. forward. We are all Jethro, and then it's he like- does, <laughs> does a little dance to like tie it off. It's like we are all Jethro. He's right. It's like it's like it's like all the Jethros are sort of like like spies within the Boxman organization right now. Yeah, I feel like Boxman will forgot about this entire yeah. conversation because like yeah. his way of dealing with it was just literally going back to his room and dropping the whole thing. Yeah, he, he got very frustrated that the Jethros decided to hide their their friend, and but mm. but unfortunately they had to rip off his arms and legs, so he's no longer able to dance. So he's given mm. up his dancing abilities. For his freedom fight. Okay, but that's yeah. crazy because they literally are in the Boxmore factory where they can just steal more parts, can't they? Like, mm. he could easily make more limbs for himself if he wanted to. Okay. He's in the perfect place. Well, now you're bringing up something. What if we build a Jethro army where they where they oh, all get arms they'll have and arms legs. and legs. Yeah. yeah, I feel like he'd be a very equal opportunity kind of leader, so I could definitely see that happening. Mm-hmm. Though they might not know how to use them very well because they don't have like 16 glorbs in their brain like he mm-hmm. does. Hmm. This this could also be a way to insert the glorbs in here because what if he realizes that that's the reason he's smart and we do like a whole Planet of the ape situation where it's like the oh, smart yeah. ape like gets the serum that made him smart and gives it to the rest of the of his group and now this Ooh. smart Jethro gives the power to his 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 companions and Jethro's so take over. Is he going to take... take out his glorbs and share them around, or is he just going to help them steal even more glorbs from Boxman so everyone's smart? I think mm-hmm. the second one is easier. Second one? <laughs> yeah, the second one's easier. You think, you think he's probably going to... Maybe Jethro's going to take over the world? we got to be careful. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they take over the world, but they definitely like stop Boxman from yeah. making anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, they, they've already witnessed Daryl, like, worm his way up and, like, kick Botsman mm-hmm. out of the organization. Yeah. So it's yeah. doable in their Yeah, just eyes. give Jethro a cowboy hat and he can be the new daddy. <laughs> Lord Cowboy Jethro, yes. Oh my, see, it has such a good ring to it already. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Jet, Jet, I mean Jethro is just fun, and like also like the the voice that they give him is all like very like folksy oh, kind of. It's like, oh, hello, yeah. I'm here to I'm here to help sort of thing. <laughs> it freaks everyone out when they like realize that he's different. They're like, what what is this? It feels wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, and uh, and yeah, I mentioned like K- Ko is kind of like briefly, and this is like Jethro's guide to being good. Ko has done this many times, and uh, now it's Jethro's mm-hmm. turn to turn to the light side. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, well, there's, not, one... there's not that much to this episode, except oh. that just like Jethro himself is just really fun. 
Only this time, though, it looks like this Chandra light side is going to stick. It's not a one-episode thing. Yeah, they're not like Raymond. <laughs> yeah, like... That flaky robot. Okay, Raymond, or the one I'm thinking about is Shannon in that one episode with her and um, Rad. And I'm not sure Daryl was mm-hmm. ever on the good side for, like, an episode, so... I feel like Shannon went back to the dark side because Raymond broke her heart, and so she was now, so you crushed. You mean Rad, Rad. Wait, did she break his heart? I thought he broke her heart first, though. Is that not what happened? Rad with Raymond. That's her brother. Raymond's her brother, Rad. <laughs> oh, God, oh. no, you're right. It was Rad. <laughs> See, this is why they pit Rad and Raymond against each other, because, like, they're basically the same, but slightly different colors. <laughs> And one's pointier, but still. Yeah. Um, and, and any other like stray thoughts from this episode that we need to get out there? Yeah, Thor's really cute, and I kind of like his natural voice. I feel like that's part of the appeal of the whole Jethro package, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I, I get that, and like you know, when, when he's just like, oh, "I am Jethro," like he he's got a little um gravitas to his voice, whereas yeah. like special Jethro like feels kind of uh, um I don't know, like he he feels shyer in a way, you know. But mm-hmm. like then he like gets the the nerve up to do the big speech, and like there it's like loud and proud. But yeah, then, he is Jethro. Yeah, oh. but but maybe maybe he needs to adopt the deeper voice to be more at one with his brethren. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm I'm here for that. <laughs> Well, well, I'm just, I'm just fearing. I'm hopefully the Jethro is not gonna die because I fear, like, you know, maybe Boxer's not smart to do it, but maybe like Professor Venomous might ever discover like his deception might just kill him. So, yeah, that's kind of always the problem with the robots that they, that the, they can be destroyed and then they rebuild, but they're rebuilt back to default settings. You know, mm-hmm. so like special but Jethro. If the he rest of the Jethros would remember. And maybe they'd help add all the extra glory because mm-hmm. he showed them the, the way to freedom. Wow. I feel like he'll have a backup plan. We're going to go to martyrdom. Yeah. <laughs> His death will propulse them to fully finish the revolution. In the hands uh, of the Jethro's now. Yeah. Um, so let's hear. Um, okay. Well, this is, uh, this is one way to segue here because in the small thing that I remember is that Ernesto shows up very briefly to do like a cutaway gag of him being a DJ doing a record scratch. Um, in, in general, I, uh, this isn't really that much deep, but I want to point out that I feel like in this batch of episodes, we did a lot more like sound effect humor, like, Mm -hmm. especially in like the, the, the Yu-Gi-Oh parody one is a lot of like uh, KO noises, like, "Ah," or like, you know, like weird laughs. I also filmed, also filmed this batch of episodes. We had a lot of robots, a lot of boxman robots in these, in this batch. Maybe that's why these are. Yeah. This is a yeah. good batch. <laughs> the robots are here, yeah. Yeah, we're robots. Yeah, but, but I point out Ernesto because he actually has two episodes because he also shows up in this uh, combo breaker one. Well, Sidekick Scouts, it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, he he is the the villain at the end with Jethro. So actually, there's there's your connection. The Ernesto mm-hmm. and Jethro show, but like the main focus is this combo breaker character. And, like, this episode is primarily interesting because I think, like, the main message it's getting at is that K.O. is now annoyed by a character who used to be what K.O. was like <laughs> to Enid <laughs> and Rad. And uh, I don't know how you how you guys feel about that, and like, just in terms of the development of the show, like, where we are at with K.O. today versus 
what he what he was earlier in the show. I don't know if Michelle, you have any thoughts on on like his character development since this seems like a good opportunity to talk about that i mean i guess com- combo breaker is good at juxtaposing you know past ko with present ko i feel bad because i also found combo breaker extremely annoying and like i knew <laughs> in his heart he was a good boy but he just kept making everything worse and i can't like, did K.O. like make things actively worse a lot, even in those early episodes? I feel like he mm. was just so concerned with being a hero and leveling up. But I don't think he like caused a lot of problems. He just was like he felt underestimated mm-hmm. by everyone else, and it felt mm. like he had to prove himself. So I think objectively, maybe Combo Breaker is more annoying than early <laughs> K.O. is. I feel, I feel like uh, Combo Breaker is an exaggeration of early KO. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that that seems like a like a good read on it. Like it's maybe like t- early KO turned up to like twenty. <laughs> so, yeah. And he's okay. supposed to be a reference to Astro Boy. Oh, for sure, he looks yeah. like Astro yeah. Boy. <laughs> is Astro Boy also known for being a hyper character? Or? Mm-hmm. I feel like he's probably positive, like yeah. he's very chipper, but I don't know if he's like so much. I don't, you know? I don't remember much, know much about Astro Boy, but I think he was a robot. Or yeah, he was a robot. Yeah. Oh, all right. Imagine, that... imagine they'll reveal later be he's an actual robot. Well, well they make that clear though when he's in the class because then oh, he yeah. like strips the teachers. Like, okay, you can you put clothes back on? He's like. These are my clothes. They're they're painted on my body. Oh. Oh. So I think oh, he's yeah. like metal. Yeah, it just the, shows you yeah. what I thought of that episode. I forgot that. That's oh okay. wow, wow. <laughs> okay. He he identified as cyborg. So yeah. Oh he, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So combo breaker is just a very eager person and just wants to help. Um, the, the reason that we're even in this situation at all is because at the beginning, K.O. is recording this video and he comes to the realization that he wants to get rid of his chip damage merchandise because, and he is starting to doubt his path because he always looked up to this person. Can I, and now that he knows that the person is bad, he doesn't want to exactly do the same career. Can, and can so I defend chip awesome. damage for a moment, please? Hmm. Uh, he, does K.O. know he's a robot? It's not his fault. He just programmed to act that way. If he wants to be mad at somebody, be mad at Foxy Tail. It's her fault. You know? Wait, what does that mean about Combo Breaker? Like, is he <laughs> responsible for being so annoying? Or was he programmed <laughs> that way too? I feel like this is a slippery slope. Yeah. Well, it, it's also like with, with the with the Botsmore robots, right? Like, how responsible are they specifically for being villainous <laughs> yeah. if, like, yeah. Botsman is the one programming them, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, should we really blame Raymond for, like, being flaky, you know? <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, so, so fair. the whole robot population here has to deal with these uh, yeah. moral issues. Um, but yeah, I, like, I, I just, I, I like that we're... Oh, another thing that these episodes are, are doing well is, like, tying all the stuff together. Like, continuing to reference things from previous episodes and, like, including yeah. it into the, into oh, the characters. Like, I, like I think those... that it's doing a good job of that, especially, like, with the KO chip damage stuff in this and in the Garquest episodes. Oh. Like, th- those those add, definitely add a little bit to the character that you might not get, in, in, you, you might not have gotten earlier in the show. Oh, Loose chronology I, is one of my favorite things for and, shows like this. And, and I like the, I think this is the episode definitely that had at least a, a, a red action, like, uh, 
mention. So oh, when? Share her POW card? I don't know. One of these episodes. Okay. No, you're right. It's, just, oh, it's yeah. this episode. I think, uh, I, I, think it's the, I think, yeah, I think it's the wacky uh, Jackson when they're playing uh, the POW card game together, him and Dendi. I think in this episode too, when he's doing the video, he's like pointing out the cards that he's got. And it's like, here's red action. She, oh, she got me yeah. chips. And... Chip damages card. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So like, but yeah. So red red action appears in card form. In card <laughs> nice. form. Uh, yeah. So so okay. So the, because of that, he decides. Well, maybe I'll try being a sidekick, and he goes to this class and. Uh, so I want to ask, the scout leader is kind of hesitant to accept KO because KO explains that he's really good at fighting bots. And the leader says that the sidekick should be more focused on helping the heroes and defeating the enemies. I think this is a misinterpretation of what a sidekick is supposed uh, to do. Do you explain? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're defeating the enemies, is that not the same as helping your sidekick? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it's helping your hero because your hero's aim is to defeat the enemy. So if you're helping him in his aim, is that not the same as helping the hero? It's mm. it's similar, but I think it's like a to a, like a second degree versus a fir- like the first degree is like directly helping the hero and but like. Like assisting them by proxy of defeating the villains, like a, a roundabout way of helping them. You can't, you can't but I guess them. like he thinks that yeah, yeah. like he, the goal I guess from this guy's logic is that if you're a sidekick, you need to assist all the heroes first and foremost, and you leave the the fighting of bad guys to them. You can you be the do it yourself. You can, the sidekick should beat up the henchman, but you know Robin can't beat up the Joker. So yeah, no, Robin wouldn't be allowed, I guess. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I feel that's I feel that's limiting their potential, but maybe. But they're also like younger and less experienced, so like maybe they could train to be. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, do you stay a sidekick forever, even when you stop being like a cute little boy and you're like an old crumbly man? Like, you're still a sidekick. That'd be a little weird. <laughs> I imagine just like when you mentioned Robin, like I imagine just like yeah. really decrepit Batman yeah. and like <laughs> wrinkly old. Well, it's like it's like a mermaid, mermaid man and Barnacle Boy, right? And yeah. Or like Barnacle Boy like just a terrible sidekick. That he Robin got passed over for um, what's that guy's name? Batman Beyond, uh, Will Friedle's character. So. I, I forgot the guy's name. I. But Robin gets passed over, you, you say. Yes. Yeah. For like uh, not surprised. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> McGillis. Uh, Terry McGillis, right? That's that's his name. So yeah, so uh, in any case, KO is struggling with this. So that's why he is very quick to accept combo breaker begging to be KO's sidekick. Um KO is immediate is finally um wooed because combo breaker calls him master and yeah. Kao's just like, yeah. Ugh. Just like I thought, thought after the whole like soda genie thing i thought he would have enough of someone calling him master he have like bad memories so yeah you know what just he's got, a... he's got a little more flexibility for that <laughs> you know general thing maybe don't 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 establish master relationships with people i don't know <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a slippery slope uh, 
Yeah, but and then Combo Breaker messes everything up. Uh, well, K- Ko is left alone at the store because Rad and Eater are just baking cakes because <laughs> just because, and they got like nice costumes. But yeah, K- Combo Breaker uh, like destroys everything, including the pickle display. Ko like blows up and calls him a nuisance, mm-hmm. and uh, that Combo Breaker is sad. Mm-hmm. But uh, but then they get, get together because Ko's like, hey, a real hero admits when they can't do it alone. I I need you, and and they they have a fun ending fight with with a few with an Ernesto Jethro fusion, which was I, something. This this episode could have used the same sound effects, the studio audience sound effect that we had in All in the Villainy. <laughs> did, did you want like uh, yay yeah. when they like beat? Oh no no! Up or, or, more like, or like oh no when they make up the like when KO oh yeah they like, oh. and yeah. Mm-hmm. and then when it's over like round of applause and. Well, well, that segment was like animated interestingly because they were like floating in space, even though they were actually in a gar- in a garbage bin. But like they were showing them like just floating in like a very colorful like dream space. So that that was that was an interesting way of putting I think, it. I think we should have a studio audience. If we we could use like a laugh track and and just mm. applause. Mm. Dylan never gets that soundboard again. <laughs> Lots of possibilities there. Yeah. Um, spe- speaking of laugh tracks, uh, Joe Joe Kappa does show up at the end of this, where Combo Breaker is like, "Hey, I got a comic book series and a movie deal, and Joe Kappa will play KO." Oh <laughs> right. <laughs> this is Joe Kappa's appearance. Um, yeah. So, how do we feel about the, that casting choice? Oh, it's I weird. Mean, is he like grown up? Wood's not that huge, so they they can't be too picky about <laughs> actors who are going to represent people. I kind of want to know who would play Rad because someone playing Rad would definitely sound very interesting to see uh, someone's interpretation of him. I feel like that uh, that football baby would play Rad. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. He has the body for it, yeah. Listen, yeah. I, 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 I've been spoiled by the Ember Island players, so I'm looking for greatness when it comes to fictional <laughs> characters being played by actors in the fictional world. Like, I mean, the weird part is we already have in, in this show, let's watch the pilots, which is like the actual characters being actors of themselves. <laughs> so, I don't know. But uh, um, at the end, oh yeah, and th- this just ends because uh, Neil, this guy who like has the N on his shirt, is studying to be a solo hero. Is like, I don't have a utility belt. Combo's like, I am a utility I belt. I am oh. one! Yeah, and they like, yeah. they have this beautiful moment of jumping into each other's arms if they, as they've each found their missing link in the hero chain mm-hmm. and like a, a comic record like does the the looney tunes laugh like the daffy duck laugh like, woo, woo, like multiple times in this episode Ooh. including at the end there so yeah. just like really 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 ca- ca- cartoony is is combo breaker i kind of wonder are we gonna see neil and combo breaker like like a cameo when we had to fight like a big baddie like uh like shaggy figure or laser blast or... they seem like a very cameo. chaotic duo yeah <laughs> but i feel there's gonna be a day we're gonna bring like all the heroes together and maybe even some of boxman boxman his robots that Ew, i hope the boxman jr comes back then that yeah. baby was pretty <laughs> rememberable because <laughs> I, I do feel like you know Boxman, you know, he's not like the main evil in this world. There's uh, definitely something more sinister at large here. 
even beyond, even more evil than Venomous. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's in his shadowy figure. He's as big as we get. At oh least yeah, we have gotten so far. Yeah. Remember shadowy figure, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. Uh, but who who needs shadowy figure when we have Botsman and Venomous just being a happy family together? Oh my gosh, so, so cute. So oh. so all of the villainy. Can we just get this out of the way? Yes. Botsman and Venomous are like are, are very gay for each other. Right? They're like, hey, at the <laughs> end when Boxman like reaches his little hand up and puts it on Venomous's hand. Oh my god. Oh, it, it's it. so cute. Oh, okay, I have, a, I have a serious question, you guys. Are you ready? Uh, okay. So, in their relationship, who would call the other one master, do you think? Oh. Oh. Yeah, because there's, you know, the surface answer, probably Boxman, but... Right. ...could be Venomous. Venomous could just be humor, could just humor Boxman and his ego, but just calling him master, because we know most marriages are... Most marriages in the old days, the wife was really the boss, but sometimes they just, you know, let the man think he was the boss. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what the rules are in here, but I'll I'll say like, I, I, even though it's superficial, but I think that it's been established that Botsman is the one who is more e- more eager to get the Venomous's attention than Venomous the other mm-hmm. way around. So, like, I think that Botsman would end up being the one to call Venomous master, like <laughs> when, when Botsman like really needs to get on Venomous's good side, you know, appeal to Venomous's desire for power. And this I don't episode- know. But Venomous wants to be a master, though. I feel like Boxman wants to be master. Like, I feel like that would do mm. wonders for him. I think you need Boxman. Venomous probably knows that. But so I don't know. Boxman at least has a goal. I think Venomous, he's just bored. That's pretty he's much. He's good at making money. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's good at maintaining good relationships with other villains, but he's also kind of listless in his direction yeah he, he well, lacks a, a goal really until Boxman. well and that's why they're so perfect together right because mm-hmm. like venomous is like so professional like the very like to the to the by the book but like Boxman, bring, yeah Boxman brings out the passion the chaos you know like mm-hmm. so that's why they work so perfect together and that's why they're like going to ernesto's a counselor to try to make things work oh you know? The way they phrased everything, so it was basically like they're worrying about their marriage and yeah. cohabitating, <laughs> but without mm-hmm. actually saying it out loud, it was just so good. This this co-villainy <laughs> thing. Yeah, maybe we rushed in too fast. Maybe we're not ready to manage. <laughs> I tell you, this definitely is definitely sort of a love lover to me because all these sitcom references. I tell you this. Oh, wait, 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 before, about... before we get to the sitcom references, I just want to say one final gay thing, underrated, yeah, yeah. I think, is that when they're reading newspapers together and then like they put them down, they're discussing things, and it seems like the chair is like very fluffy. So it, when like Venomous turns his head, it's almost like they're in the bed together, almost because like oh. like you can see like Venomous turn turn his head as if he's like coming up and like sleeping and like looking at Botsman longingly, like what's mm. what should we do, you know? So like, but it's just like can that them being. Very intimate together. I, that I, should I, be the screen cap podcast. That sounds <laughs> we're, like a great moment. We're, we're, we're going to find a, a Boxman Venomous sure moment to put. I'm not sure this is intentional, but that could be a reference to really old sitcoms when you know you had couples they slept in twin beds. You never saw them sleep in the same. So yeah. it could be a little 
Yeah, here are their yeah, twin like, chairs. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay, okay, Steve. So, as you mentioned, the, there are many old sitcom references, especially in, like, the first, like, t- two or three minutes of the it episode. So, so, go crazy. Funny. Point them all out. Oh okay, well, first of all, of course, there's All in the Family, obviously the name of the episode. Right. Um, what else? A lot of, yeah, yeah, a lot of Brady Bunch stuff here. And, you know, I definitely am a sucker for those Brady Bunch movies, so <laughs> I like that. Um, I don't know what else, but i tell you what, it, the whole structure really reminds me of, I'm not sure the intention references, is the uh, 90s sitcom Step by Step. I think this is more step by step than Brady Bunch per se because the kids don't really get along here, mm-hmm. especially Fink and Daryl. And oh man, well, well, it, I've never heard of step by step, but let me guess: does it involve two step parents coming together into a family? Yeah, step parents. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, it's, well, a, it's a yeah involved yeah involved the Bobby from Dallas and um Christy from Three's Company and. Oh, yeah. So like now that like that there are two families that need to become one family sort of thing. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's basically what this episode is, right? It's like <laughs> dealing, dealing with the fact that you got two different kinds of uh, parenting, and now they have to live under the same roof, and not everything flies anymore. You yeah. know. Yeah. You know, Favorite moments from the montage is just when like da- um not Sarah um Raymond's pouting in the car and it's like that classic thing where like a kid won't do something so you're like I'm gonna call your father and he's gonna talk to you over the phone and he's like like Raymond get out of the car go to soccer practice he's like no like super pouty it's just yeah. such a cute classic moment like that and Raymond's sort of more reference of a classic teenage girl he's more of a teenage totally. girl yeah, than he Shannon is with Shannon and yeah. they're like buying all this stuff together uh, also so just like Venom is trying to order the drive through and all the kids oh, are fighting funny? each other and then Venomous yeah. swoops in like I, yeah, I can't yeah, that, that entire like opening montage is just gold. <laughs> so, so, so many quick quick gags. It's it's great. <laughs> um, but but like the main thing is that Daryl and Fink can't get along, and the parents decide to make them share a bedroom because that always works. Maybe really. <laughs> I, I don't know. Have you? Did you guys share a bedroom with with siblings? I'm an only child, so I wouldn't know. Even okay. lucky, yeah, I have a share a bedroom, but not for a long time. But we had bunk beds, and I wasn't allowed to have the top bunk because I was younger, and my mom thought I'd like roll off and sm- like die, uh-huh. and I was very jealous of my sister because it seemed like a big deal. Ooh, it's probably maybe I- be why I really love like sitcoms, family sitcoms that have siblings and stuff because I'm an only child. This is my only way to experience that. Uh, I I also had to live with my brother in the same bedroom for the first thirteen years of my life. At some point, Whoa. I did. I I also had a bunk bed, but they made me take the bottom one because they said since I was heavier, so I should let my lighter younger what? brother take it's the top. It's weird one. how family logic differs. Yeah, I well, well I once had to share a gym locker with somebody. If that counts, that is probably <laughs> rougher in some ways than a bedroom. I, I, I guess it's stinkier. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so fa- families are, are are all unique including the botsman venomous family they're they're very unique you know just most um, ra- i can't think about this it's definitely more of a different strokes um how like at first sometimes it took a while for arnold and willis to get along with kimberly and 
I, you probably don't know who these characters are, do you? Nope, Ellie? not I, at I all. A little bit about different strokes, but not a lot. <laughs> I could probably uh, tell the actors' names. You probably know them, right, Michelle? Probably not. Oh. <laughs> um, also, another thing that's that's pretty good is this scene where they're like fighting. Well, at first they're like setting up their bedroom, and then they're fighting over things. And there's just like a lot of stuff going on here too. Like Fink has a cone from when she had worms. Uh, D- Daryl insults Lord of the Loots, like just making fun of Lord of the Rings stuff. Say like, it was so boring. I couldn't get through five oh. minutes before falling asleep. I which so I think is many people Lord of the Rings opinions. Maybe yeah. I so relate to Fink here. With her, like, arrow, like, touching her favorite, like, computer. I'm very possessive of my PC. I don't like nobody touching it, so. But, Steve, the real question is, do you have, like, a sketchy doll you made when you were a baby rat in sewer? (laughs) Your second favorite toy? Unfortunately not. I do have uh, a little Mr. Kitty uh, from uh, Austin Powers, uh, Dr. Evil's pet kitty. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know they sold that stuff. Talking cat? But I don't think it works anymore. I'm trying to... It, it have... talked? But it never it talked. talked. But now it doesn't talk no more. <laughs> it doesn't talk what no it, more. What would it say? No, it was... He, he says, meow! Okay, then, so it's we, not like... No, no, he says meow, and then the other thing... And then, and then, and then Dr. Evil, you hear Dr. Evil's voice saying, we don't be rough with our kitty, or something like that. So the cat would have Dr. E... I'm sorry, this is a tangent, but like, this is wild <laughs> to me. Like, so... the. The cat would have dialogue. Wait a minute, it works now, it works now. And the owner. I don't know if you can hear it. No, I can hear it. It it seems like it's a... I can understand it, yeah. It's like a dead voice. Yeah. I love that. It feels like a cursed object. That's great. It's over 20 years old, so it's... uh... Yeah, that's an heirloom, Steve. You gotta pass that on to relatives (laughs) when you die. Put it in your will. Yeah. By the way, that that flashback of Fink just being like a garbage pile—that means yeah. that now we have to see the Fink Venomous meeting, right? Like I we, know. Just, we need to see. We Venomous saw how just... he can't say no to her. Like he's like, well, "What do you usually do when like your kid misbehaves?" And he like looks over and she just gives him the sad face. He's like, "Buy him presents." Yeah. And Box was like, "What? Are you sure?" <laughs> yeah, so we got to see how that relationship started. Yeah, you know? yeah. it's kind of weird though. She prefers to call him boss instead of dad, which is what one of the things Fink and Daryl fight about. I think she, she understands the importance of boundaries in a working relationship, but like also he's clearly her dad. He's in charge of like playing when she gets to play video games or videos game, I should say. And like sure, when she has naps and stuff. I'm pretty sure he he's biologically her dad. No, I, I think he's that, that a rat though. I don't know what he is because he's purple, but he's definitely not a rat. Yeah, well, like I, I think we're gonna get the flashback episode where he finds Fink in the garbage dump. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. who knows? I don't know. Knowing knowing the show, maybe Doctor Maybe Venomous killed her actual birth parents or something. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> that, Why would he do that? I, I don't Honestly, know. For him being called venomous, he hasn't really killed a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, and that, I, I, that that brings up a good point, Michelle. Because I just want well, like earlier in in the show, venomous was like kind of portrayed as like you know very serious villain, like not really like dealing with with Botsman's wackiness. But like now we've gotten to the point where now he's kind of like a lot softer and just kind of going with the flow. 
And I'm just interested, like, uh, do you prefer this Venomous over, like, how Venomous was initially presented? Or is, is would we have preferred the, that difference to have been kept a little bit more stark? Like, what, what what's the take on Venomous these days? It's a very diff- difficult question, Alex. I think, okay, let's look at this from Boxman's perspective, right? Okay. Because he's Venomous' number one fan. So from afar, Venomous seems very like, you know, polished, put together, ambitious, smart, good dresser, very attractive, very sleek, and aloof. Like that's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty good for anyone. I can see why he likes him. But the juxtaposition of having him get used to Boxman is Boxman is like a very soft, sensitive person. And I feel like that's rubbed off on Venomous in some really nice ways. And we do see the softer side and that's equally attractive. But we are losing the the attractive aloofness for the softy, like cuddliness. I don't know if he's quite cuddly yet, but you know what I mean? He's but like, like he's, he's going in that direction, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they're both good. I mean, I might miss the aloofness, but like I'd rather see Boxman happy. So like I wouldn't trade that yeah. at this point in their relationship. But also Boxman, he can be just as vicious as anyone like the Action News episode. Mm-hmm. He was very devious that episode. Very uncharacteristically devious and smart, so I think that's how they bring out the passion in each other. Yeah. When they see like that fire in each other's eyes, they're like, yes, that's why I merged my company with <laughs> yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we see that reflected in the Fink Daryl relationship as well, right? Because they're like kind of kind of opposites. So also like, well, Fink is the more chaotic one. Daryl is just kind of selfish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know how to how to characterize Daryl, but like, just for some reason, he he is annoyed with Fink too. But eventually, they they get into the field. Um, they or oh, they have these presents, including Daryl having a uh, octopus arms, which is very disturbing to mm-hmm. Rad and Enid for some reason. Uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was I was not as taken aback by the octopus arms. Maybe that says something about me, but. Uh... You might just have bad memories. It's not on you. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a there's a there's a uh, an experience they had, but in any case, they they have that and Fink uh, be, notices that Daryl is getting beat up, so she like throws bombs all over the place and saves Daryl, and they have this heroic pose of like holding Daryl in in her arms. Yeah, and that, and that yeah. brings Daryl to apologize, and then Fink apologizes back, and they're, they're able to. Work uh, work together and fight together, even though they fail. But they, they begin to love each yeah. other. Yeah. Now I was thought I thought for a moment though the episode was just going to end in the fight with them about the fight, and we never know how the end how the fight would turn out. But I guess. The, but the, but then we do that the, the the fade to black, and then yeah. we cut to Ernesto counseling Boss Yeah, I know, I know. I yeah. thought that the episode was going to oh. end there. It, it would and that would have been fine if it ended there too because. Because we're always going to assume that, you know, the good guys are going to win anyway. So it's not really that much of a cliffhanger. Sure. But we could just maybe dream that maybe they win. That maybe they have some miracle. They could leave us a dream. But, oh, well, I guess but, not. But look, think of it this way. Like, Venomous and Bossman have failed together multiple times. And they had a great yeah. time doing it. And now seeing their, their children also fail together and having fun doing it is like... Oh, we made the right decision. We're exactly. good parents. That's what and- it's about. This is about them proving to themselves that their their merger is working. <laughs> and they should be confident in their new relationship. 
Yeah, they're, they're they're crying together, and it's like they make a great team. So it's, it's yeah. beautiful, and that's really the 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 true meaning of of love, love. That you know, you you, you get to see the the good moments through together. I don't know. Oh, oh absolutely, I'm here for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that 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 was all of the villain. There's just uh, there's a lot of st- uh, I, oh, I think okay. that Botsman and Venomous in this episode are just so you know, great. <laughs> you know that was the first episode I saw in the past, and I put on the Discord. I don't have to watch the other five to know which is probably going to be my favorite. <laughs> yeah, like, boy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was really strong, admittedly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the one contender is Project Rayway. I think that, is that yeah. this this is also pretty good too because this is a, a Raymond centric episode that we haven't we haven't had that in a while. Um, we're going back to the Raymond versus a Rad rivalry, which uh, we had back in that prom episode. Um, Raymond has this whole fashion line now. Um, he's really into crop tops. Uh, he's got a, a is the word he's choker the, the right hair. name for it? Yeah, he's oh, got the, the hair. Necklace? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so uh, he's just got a real strong look going on in oh, this God, episode. So, so good. He's like he, uh, he's like a perfect like a me- enemy like uh, a feminine enemy character. So this is this is my thing, right? So like deciding who's the hottest, I think yeah. it depends on your preference, right? Like, are you more attracted to androgyny and, and the beautifulness of that whole mm-hmm. like slave, or is like more like traditional like masculine stuff? Like, is that what does it for you? Uh, I just depends on the person. I, I, it depends too. That might be a little more partial to Raymond because yes. uh, I, I, yeah, I grew like I said, my, my favorite, one of my favorite musicians of all time is Prince, and Raymond mm-hmm. so reminds me of Prince. So, yeah, Raymond definitely gets some bonus points there. Well, an- another thing I think this episode is trying to do too is like it is sort of a satire on like people giving importance to fashion because. Like the the ending is is Droop being like, "Hey, originality is what makes fashion, yeah. and there's nothing more original than being yourself. Yeah. Just wear what you normally wear, and that's what makes you hot." Versus like Raymond's whole thing of like, <laughs> "Hey, you got to buy my buy buy my clothes to be hot," sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's like an, another angle that we need to look at this oh, through too, right? It's, it's like person who's like do trying their hardest to be hot versus someone who's just nat- who naturally believes they're hot and that's enough. I think that's the, what, confidence is a big factor. I think one thing this episode has in common with uh, Wacky Jaxie is that it turns gives a lot more a character to like minor characters we don't know much about. In this case, Droopy in the other episode it oh, was yeah. What's she, we name? saw her become a barista, but that was about it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so some of these like uh, minor characters really got some spotlight here. Oh, was it Nanomomi? That's her name. Nanimi, I think. Yeah, Nanimi. We'll get to. I know. I'm just saying those type of characters have like they were just sort of bit characters, but now they kind of had their own episodes, and they're more three dimensional characters now. Mm-hmm. And uh, and yeah, also uh, 
Um, OKKO has already done episode on capitalism. We had that Black Friday episode that we talked yeah. about. It was had the gun episode. The gun one, yeah, that's definitely Yeah, capitalism. I guess that, that's also related to capitalism, yeah. And like, here here as well, we're talking about like, hey, big bots companies are evil and it's pushing the little competitors out. And it, it, Raymond at the at the end when he's getting knocked out, like, he literally has the line, this is capitalism, capitalism. and you're all complicit. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, and so they didn't do any, like, uh, mentions of sweatshops? Was it like, did they? Well, Chinese not to sweat- mention, but we they, do they have all the Raymonds. Well, we have all the Raymonds on their sewing machines. Yeah. That's true, all the robots. So. And they're, they're uh, um, Drew yeah, is but, angry that they're making cheap knockoffs. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But you, well, could you have some little peasant children working on it just to really get the point home? I, I mean, I think like the Raymonds are kind so, of peasants. Yeah, I feel like there's like only so much you can do in a show that's for kids that a lot of execs have their eyeballs on. I think they did yeah. good considering that. Yeah, like get what we got. Like it's still yeah, like a, it's a lot of just like very still. on the nose yeah. stuff. Yeah. Still. <laughs> Um, and we, we, so also like more things that happened, like at the beginning, we have like these dueling commercials going on that are just like very, <laughs> very, um, specific to the type of like, you know, like fashion perfume mm-hmm. commercials of just like dreamy mm-hmm. slow motion. I um, loved all of them. I love Rad's commercial. I love both of Raymond's commercials. Like somebody lo- did their research. And I love how Raymond so has this nickname for Dupre, this droop, droop, yeah, Dup, uh, yeah. I thought that's her full name. She has, he has her. He calls her something. I forget what it was. Uh, in his commercials, he, strawberry something. I think that was the name of her store. Oh, okay. I thought yeah, that's making refreshing to her, maybe. But no, no, the company is Straw Baby Custom Couture. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right because Raymond is so self-centered; he wouldn't really pay attention to anybody else. So, but 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 yeah, the the, the first the the first rad commercial that happens, uh, the like you know, just like doing fire fireworks, uh, fi- um, sparklers through the through the walk, running through, and like and you, them having a picnic together. Like it's all like it's very yeah. like perfect the tone of I those thought, kind of commercials. Yeah, I thought this episode was the, the direction you're going is to show that Rad was doing this for the wrong reasons. He only cared about beating Raymond and that was gonna and him and and Dupe were gonna sort of have a little bit of a falling out, you know, in the end of the second act because and that well, never really happened. He Rad's never called out on, you know, just being obsessed with beating Raymond. No, I love his reason though it's like the funniest thing in the episode he's like i'm hotter right I, I i'm hotter than raymond i'm the hot one like it's such a rad thing to do and it's so funny and i love how it's subverted because this these are two men fighting over something like this normally you have girls doing who something is like the hottest man <laughs> up for a debate oh alex who do you yeah. think's hotter between the two I mean, I think it's Raven, which is why yes! I feel I feel kind of bad with this interpretation that like Rad is the one who knocks Raymond down. Like it doesn't feel right if like this is like the the conclusion we're coming to. Well, I feel like their power is more about their confidence in themselves than like objectively what other people might think about how hot they are. And in that case, I I think it's fine that Raymond or like that Raymond failed, but like. 
I guess. Just like if they're walking down the street, I mean, one might be more likely to turn your head than the other. That's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's kind of thing. Like Raymond's strength is that like his just like really pops out, you know? Yeah. And, like Rad is like being his him his old self. And maybe that that's part of why you're not as impressed because it's Raymond. like we see him dressed like that all the time. But maybe, you know, that the confidence works on you if you if you ever met, met someone rad like in person. Yeah. Raymond is someone I could imagine having being surrounded by fangirls more so than rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Except he has to create uh, fan robots and yes. zombies. That's true. He does yeah. have to create zombies to like go back to his store after mm-hmm. the other one launches. It's mm-hmm. a pretty low move. Yeah, camp. They gotta stay stay brand aware, or else you let the brands control you like puppets. Uh, that's what this show is. There you go. Uh, I also just want to briefly mention uh, Enid is is working on the catwalk of a yellow oh. jacket and denim skirt. I think oh, that that outfit was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, she looked awesome. Was good. She looks really good. Yeah, Brad's so, final she... outfit was pretty awesome too. I will admit, like he he was pulling that off that hoodie and the hat. It felt like a very winter look, you know. But it's like, very yeah. like broy in like a sporty way. That's like cool, like more cool than it is like obnoxiously broy. Like it was a very good combination. Broy is definitely the word <laughs> I'd, I'd <laughs> use for it. Uh, yeah, so lots of lots of fashion going on here, and at the end, uh, um, Droop gets her own store, and she is on the front of a of a magazine, and Rad is a model because she mm. were. Why not? I guess. Yeah. But yeah, just a, lots of uh, fun poses going on in this in this one. Um, I was told that like jo- the JoJo anime has lots of poses like this too, so I, I guess oh. people like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so. Let's see here. We have not talked about Gar Quest yet. So I guess we'll touch on that before mm-hmm. we get to the final episode. But like Gar Quest is interesting because here we're focusing on the Gar KO relationship. That's been one that we've yeah. been like slowly building throughout the show. And, and we yeah, and we get to reveal that something we should have everyone knows already. That is that um, Laser Blast is KO's dad. It's uh, okay, please tell How us where we're in that episode. Because they say six to eleven years ago. But we knew that from like a long time I know. ago in season one. I know. Oh, well, yeah, we speculate. But, you know, this is the first time you really have the word six to eleven, you know, in another place besides mentioning K.O.'s age. So, that's I gotta... swear, like, when we kept getting that, that sandwich drop flashback a million times for like <laughs> 20 episodes, like a year and a half ago or whenever it was time together that they were saying it was six to 11 years ago didn't they like i swear i'm not making that up it's possible or it's possible that we theorized it about it so much that it just kind of became (laughs) canon to us but but yeah but uh, but what the episode on the surface is saying you're right steve that it's probably like a good interpretation that like this is maybe like extra fuel to to that (laughs) but like what this episode is telling us is that uh, um gar then elbow got kicked out of point for being blamed for the laser blast thing um i was kind of kind of surprised by like the whole silver spark interaction like she feels bad but like doesn't stand up for him and like that's 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 got to hurt yeah but 
Also, it's she was going through stuff, and it she, she was really pregnant. She really liked. Oh my she god, was, we don't know. She, she was, was pregnant. She, 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 she was, definitely was pregnant. Let's look like she but was pregnant anyway. I don't think she knew that at the time. Like, I think she like probably finds it out later. Well, maybe she just found out from the doctor, and they. That's like. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was just like for any reason. She she really liked Laser Blast, and she was really upset that he was gone. And part of her, her did blame. Elbow. Like, and she feels bad about that, but it's still kind of true that she felt that way. It took her a while to forgive him. I think she said that before they hooked up, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're like, look, we're older now, and like, I forgive you, and like, let's move forward, kind of thing. Well, yeah. Well, she's forgiven, but it seems though Foxy Tell has not. She may never forgive, and that's probably her problem. Like, she is so crazy that she hasn't gotten over that. Well, and Mr. Gar seems to like him not yeah. really gotten over point either because yeah. like he, <laughs> he was very angry with Foxtail in that yeah. that first chip damage episode, and like yeah. here also he gets very ticked off when Ko brings it brings point up. So you and, see that Gar is still holding. And who knows? And too. when and if when and if Ko ever finds out that Foxtail was is behind chip damage, you can see Ko and Gar you know sort of bond over that sort of. Uh, also, um, where are we at with like Carol potentially like still working for points? Like that's oh, still a thing. That's I want to bring that up too. Doing. It's interesting. Nagar uh, and Carol they both have little these secret missions they go on. They don't tell each other. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be interesting when it comes to fruition that they're both keeping secrets. Although Gar's secret is not is not gonna be as explosive. He is yeah. like, look, I got this job here by the what was but, his name? Just like the, the ruler, the president the, of the, the universe, president and, of the universe. But and, like, yeah. that's pretty legit. And it, yeah, and, yeah. and Gar's like he's asked to keep that a secret. Carol's yeah. doing keeping secrets on her own. No one's like forcing her not to tell you know, Gar well, what well, she's doing. We don't we don't know that Maybe. yet because probably you never know. Yeah, Foxtail could be saying, you know, don't tell nobody, but. But she's but you know this the president of the universe has a little more authority than her if you ask me so I, I really like president of the universe like the <laughs> the, 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 the disco vibe is yeah. really something and also like the po again like the poses they make him do where they got like his giant leg like sticking across like the entire screen <laughs> as, he, as he's like talking to Gar it's just uh, that they, they they animate him in very interesting ways too. Mm-hmm. Um, but but getting to the to that point is uh, Gar is doing the secret mission and has to bring uh, Ko along. Um, they get to this uh, broken mountain with the uh, Glorbs and uh, he has to fight Cantaloupe, which is just like <laughs> a walking cantaloupe monster. Um, how do you guys feel about the melon known as Cantaloupe? Like uh, Bo- Bojack Horseman has famously Ooh. derided the the melon before, but like, what do you people feel about it? Uh, about the villain or about cantaloupe in general? Uh, in general, in general. Cantaloupe is a waste of time. Okay. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I hate it. So. Okay, so we are when an anti-cantaloupe people have, like, podcast. Yeah, like if you had edible arrangement and it was just cantaloupe on sticks, like wouldn't you feel supremely let down? Uh, no, yeah, yeah. Personally, like if you want, if you want anything, you want something like that, just take a, like a regular melon over a cantaloupe. Or you know what? Watermelon. How about that? Yeah, watermelon's the best. To watermelon. Watermelon's the best, even though you know, even though it does does make you go to the bathroom a lot, but maybe. But wouldn't cantaloupe do the same though? Yeah, yeah. but watermelon's guaranteed to do that. Sure. Watermelon's like basically <laughs> just juice, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, oh, um, I'm not sure if this is a callback necessarily, but like after Gar destroys the cantaloupe, um, Ko shows up asking for for Melon. He's got his hands out and their dog paws. Like, is yeah. that a callback to him yeah. still being a furry? <laughs> yeah, he is always going to be a furry. That's one of the things that like there. I wouldn't say okay, Ko is a show that like really haunts me. It's it's fun. <laughs> it's like hard, but the fact that they're all still animals, like we're <laughs> animals forever. Was very disconcerting to me. I'll never be able to like not know that now, and I kind of hate it a little bit. <laughs> I prefer not to know. I prefer to wipe my memories of that. Um, the pause is definitely to remind us about that. Though. Oh yeah, that could be the only maybe closer to a bad episode is that one. That well, uh, imagine if like in the fashion episode, like Enid is just oh like God. working her her outfit, and then when she turns around, you see her bunny tails. <laughs> I mean, that's something they could totally do in the show, though. It's totally their kind of humor. Yeah. <laughs> well, you gotta have... I, then, then we gotta have a big episode that focuses on Prisma be, because, you know, she is an actual furry, and our heroes are furry, so it could be furry versus furry. Yeah, versus more, furry. More, 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 an- the yeah, more animal characters yeah. in the future. What, whatever happened to the little, little bunny? Um... What's her name? Oh, I love Little Bunny. I think that character is still around. They're just like in the background with the broccoli. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but I yeah. But we watched that that second first date episode, and they kept referencing that we're taking it very slow. So she's in a relationship with somebody. With the broccoli, I think the broccoli. I think kid. that's a really bad idea because rabbits <laughs> are vegetarians. They probably love yeah. broccoli. But it's not a carrot, though. But it's broccoli. I mean, if it was a rock, that'd be different. But I remember that episode. Um, um, stupid says nobody cares about you. So, wow. um, clearly speaking, we of, care. speaking yeah. of relationships, uh, uh, it's interesting that like we at the beginning of this episode, we're kind of reminded that Gar and Carol are serious because like Gar is like taking the time to like compliment Ko for like handling it pretty well. No, <laughs> this is so here. cute. I yeah. love. That Ko keeps interacting with Gar because Mr. Gar is like basically his dad role model and two basically also his stepdad and Gar like doesn't know how to be a stepdad and it's so cute and awkward and, and I is, love it. And this is a perfect counter to all in the villainy how Ko is handling things much better than you know Daryl and Fink you know they handled it initially. Oh totally, he's upset. <laughs> He's accepting the stepdad role from Mr. Gar, like with no qualms at all. Also, yeah. it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to the fact he probably never knew his dad, so it's like he's it's like, definitely a different dynamic. But like for yeah. sure, like but but it's interesting to like see how this episode is showing like both sides are like trying to you know praise each other and like hey like you're doing a good job. Like Ko at the beginning yeah. is also like and just hey just, like that thanks for spending time with me. I'm just, happy yeah. To do that. So, like, it's nice that both sides are like expressing those. Well, kind of saw feelings. this episode is Mr. Gar how he's sort of trying to keep distance, be respectful of Ko, keep his distance. It's similar to what we saw in another show we covered, The Dragon Prince. Very similar. I don't know mm-hmm. enough about Dragon <laughs> Prince to comment, but I will say it's super cute when Mr. Gar's like trying to like you know think of what kids like because he's so out yeah, of the loop. He's yeah. like, oh, you want to get some milk? That's a thing kids like, isn't it? And he. 
he just sees Ko's face drop and he's like, "Oh, sorry. Uh, okay, you want some like chip damage ice cream or something?" Oh, yeah. That? He didn't know. He was just trying to find a thing Ko liked. Yeah, yeah. And also, like in that scene, like he has like the internal monologue going too. It's like, "Come on, Gar, say something." It's, it's <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, good. Say something else now. <laughs> yeah, like I, I like they were like getting into like Gar's head, like you know, just struck like. I know I'm supposed to fill this role, but I've never done yeah. it before. Like, how do I do this? You know, it's mm-hmm. like it's it's, it's really it, cute. Yeah, and like it it comes and they end up getting getting well together. And uh, mm-hmm. Ko gets him to finish his story, where like he was a wandering hero, um, helping people open juice cans. Have you ever had a situation where like the tab broke? Like, I've never o- yes. opened one that. Oh hard. yeah, you've had that. Yes, happened. Yeah. Uh, oh, what, what, what what would you do since honestly like none of us are blessed with the elbows of, of Mr. Gars oh. like what would you do in that situation uh, I just punch I just put my fingers right onto it until it broke I think I'd Ooh. use knives yeah. or one yeah. time I like got frustrated and I like smacked it around to explode <laughs> and I was very sad after uh, well yeah, then you could have used the, the, the help here of, uh, of uh, beard, bearded Mr. Yeah. Gar. Uh, lucky for me though, I got small fingers, so it kind of helps. So makes yeah, it easier uh, for me. <laughs> good, good job. Yeah. Um, and th- that, but eventually, because he's done a lot of smaller things, um, there's this line that he says in in the center of the story before it gets cut off of like, "Hey, like I can help people in small ways," and that like sometimes had the biggest uh, feeling of good, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, we can all be helpful in our own small mm-hmm. ways. And then we get the rest of like the president of the universe is enlisting him to protect the the tree with all the glorbs and take the secret missions. And uh, so he finishes the story. Ko and Gar have a big old hug. Uh, Ko tries to open the can, doesn't work, and they have a good laugh. And it's just it's a very wholesome episode. <laughs> so yeah, um, final the the final episode we have not talked about yet is Wacky Jatsies. Yeah, which Steve's um, a fan. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, my, uh, from what I gather, this is like a parody of like Yu-Gi-Oh and other yeah. these from like cards. What games. you gather, yeah. Alex, you have not like like absorbed it Yu-Gi-Oh? from proximity to people your age. I, mean, I never I, watched the show, and I still know an absurd amount about it. Yeah. I know the main guy is like named Unicorn or something, really? and this, like <laughs> the the main pointy-haired kid, like. Either his what? necklace is an Egyptian prince, or like what? he's a descendant <laughs> oh, of an weird. Egyptian prince. Well, I, well, I see. I don't know stuff. Yeah, how, how do you know, know this stuff? I think kids would come in with their their sketchers and their backpacks and, uh, in their third grade. I just like obsessed the, with the show. I don't know if people who like the Yu-Gi-Oh anime, but I don't know squat about the games. I don't know how to play it. I just it's just good stories right there. Though though nothing beats Five Ds. That's the best Yu-Gi-Oh anime ever. Five Ds. Take. What do the D stand for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> duck, dip, dive, dodge, and duck. And dragon. Or, and dragon. Oh, yeah, that show had had them dueling on motorcycles all the time. Are you kidding? Oh my yeah. god! I uh, wish that was in this episode. But, but what I really like, though, this is also the only episode in the batch that had Dendi in it, so that also gets some extra points there. Sure, but it barely had Dendi. How do you feel about Ko abandoning Dendi when he decides that pal cards aren't cool enough anymore? Well, I love how Dendi's reacting. Like she, she knows he'll come back around. Like, like she knows Ko so well, she doesn't make a big deal of it. 
that Dendi points out, like, you've been obsessed with things before, like scented candles. Heat erasers. I liked that yeah, one. Yeah, I'm surprised, though, she did not say chip damage. Like, she no. she knows that's a, a, a salty yeah. wound right yeah. now. She's not going to yeah. touch it. Um, this episode is also notable for finally giving this background character, Nanini. Um, yeah. Introduced as a cool classmate spelled K-E-W-L. Cool. That's, that's a cool <laughs> way to spell it. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys feel about Nanini here? She I think her. she's fine. Yeah, I agree. She's fine. Um, she, she only like barely really had much of a presence. I mean, at least mm. Dupe, Dupe definitely had more of a presence before, you know... That, yeah, that, Droop, Droop has already had a couple of episodes yeah. at least. But like, yeah. this is really like the first that Nanini yeah. has ever gotten like actual speaking time. Yeah, yeah. I just remember she's just more just just background in in those classroom episodes when it has exactly. to do with Dendi and that teacher who she's always at odds with. Uh-huh. No, no teacher in this episode. No like, they're, they're just in class playing games. Like, <laughs> who, oh, that knows how long. Maybe that's also a reference is. to Yu-Gi-Oh! Two House. Sometimes it been scenes in the classroom, and we never see a teacher. They, they never do actual class things. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, also in this episode is uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! style character Johnny. Um, he's got a very pointy chin. I'm voiced by Sungwon Cho, a pro ZD on Twitter. Um, he's had a very prolific yeah. voice acting perform- uh, stuff this yeah. year and other shows. So um, it's good to see him also in OKKO here. I'm not here. sure what character he's supposed to be. He's not Yugi. Is he uh, Joey, perhaps? Or Kabe? Well, or just a a, co- a, combi- a combination of yeah. generic anime yeah. characters. So I know, I know who the villain of the episode is. He's he's Pegasus. Oh, he's Pegasus. He's not Unicorn. I know he was like a, a magical oh. horse type. Yeah. Okay, yeah, his name yeah is he's Pegasus. in the in the Yu-Gi-Oh anime. Pegasus invented the game, just like this. How freaking old is he then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Isn't the game like super old and the Egyptians played it? Like I swear that was the plot of the show. Well, well he, he might be immortal then. Yeah, um, maybe he ooh, maybe the card like he steals the essence of young players from the cards and soaks it up like a thirsty sponge. Asking me keeps him alive forever. Asking me about Yu-Gi-Oh! logic, it's just gonna give me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> and fortunately this episode doesn't really get too deep into it like if they lose they just get frozen in like floating ice balls uh, so uh, that just you die no, that's it and uh Ko and Nanini are like roped into this tournament they slowly get animified themselves mm-hmm. until they they realize hey we're just here to have fun mm-hmm. and they free the frozen people and uh, later they they unmask this uh this uh, leader person a jack wacky and it turns out he's Johnny's brother it's like very anime twisty too oh my god yes yeah. um we got a pokemon reference here of like he misses mom's jelly donuts <laughs> it's just like the, the, oh. those like japanese food that's that, probably that's probably oh a general for that's probably a general for kids thing that's not just pokemon did did other it shows also badly dub jelly donuts though. Well, four kids dubbed Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time, so uh, they probably did the same thing. Yeah, but uh, so, so I've never watched well, a single episode of me, Pokemon, though, and I know that the Jelly Jellies comes from so Pokemon. But to, me, so. but to me, the anime that uh, these kid anime that's a time that stood alone by itself is Digimon. 
That was quality in a class by itself. Better than oh, Pokemon, really? better than Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, no, Digimon is great. It has great storytelling. They really <laughs> try to, you know, be uh, like a realistic type of story, even though they have these magical creatures in it. So, What um, I don't understand about any of these card games, I'm just going to say, it's like, so you you imprison these, like, maybe real creatures in a, a dumb card, and you only bring them into the world when they have to um, fight each other for your ego? Michelle, like, how is that okay? Why don't they ever turn on the people and kill them all and Mich- become free of the cards? Oh, Michelle, um, something for you. Um, On the Discord, on the enemy channel, I... Yesterday, I posted a clip that did a Yugu parody, and it's hilarious uh, from an anime called uh, I forgot the, is- the animation. It's anime called Akiba <laughs> the Animation, and it is okay. hilarious Yugu parody. You gotta check it out. Do, do the this monsters is not a great revolt? plug for our Discord. Yeah, do the monsters revolt and kill all the people trying to make them fight. Yeah, well, it's more so how the game doesn't really make sense and how it's just. It's just a boring card game that's not really exciting, and how like some of these rules don't make sense, and how like uh, and how come like everything in Yu-Gi-Oh is settled with a duel? Why not just you know n- knock a guy out if you have a disagreement? Mm-hmm. Is that uh that Bakugan show also? Bakugan. Really? Oh man, that's yes, game that is Bakugan. the new high anime. I don't know if they use cards. I think they use something like a Pokeball. I don't remember. And we air this show. I don't. But it's it's basically Pokemon, Digimon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Hybrid. Yeah. yeah. So, so there, there's a lot of it out there. And yeah. so I think that this episode might work with you a little more if, like, you're focused on that. Because, like, at least to me, I think this is the... the I mean, that's not a bad episode, but like because the other five were like pretty good, so like this one kind of stands out. I was like, it was okay. Yeah. Well, I felt the same way about the sidekick episode. So I think it depends if you really if Yu Gi Oh was a big part of your childhood. I feel like a lot of these references hit a lot harder yeah. than it did for very casual. And also, I like, like the, I like yeah. the MMA more than the Astro Boy guy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cooler design. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we've uh, covered all the all the episodes here. So before we sign off, any final thoughts you want to get out there on um, what we've talked about today, Michelle? More Boxman and Venomous making a life together, please. And oh. I hope Jethro, like, becomes the ultimate daddy. <laughs> I want that to be the season finale for season two. I, I kind of want them to have a baby, like... Let's have a new baby in the family that maybe reunites the the two like foreign like stepkids to get along, which is what happened in Step by Step, actually. Also, but, like an upgraded Watsman Junior. Yes. Because now it has venomous DNA. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and and also of course more Dendi. Um, I definitely see Dendi have her own episode. I definitely want to see Dendi and Fink episode. I've been saying that forever. I want to see those two interact. And of course, I want my little love triangle episode with Eden, Elodie, and Red Action. So, a lot of stuff uh, I'm still looking for. Well, only one of those showed up in this group. Enid, <laughs> <laughs> actually, this is a very like yeah. quiet week for Enid, all things considered. Like, yeah, I think in one of the, I forget which one of these episodes, she has a gag where she's just always coming out of the bathroom. Yeah, most of <laughs> like, these, ep- yeah, most of these, ep- it's either 
KO or Boxman in his robots family centric. Yeah, so, but like even Rad got yeah. like a focused episode yeah. here. Yeah. Quiet week for Enid. That's kind of rare. Like I feel yeah. like Enid has had a lot of strong weeks. Well, she just but... had her like her own like arc center on her. So I think yeah, yeah, that's little... true. We have we have the school arc. So, but we but... barely had any Dendi though. Yeah, forever it seems. Yeah, but but we 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 got a lot of a lot of botsman yeah. stuff going on, and that I will say my final thoughts is I agree that I want more the smart Jethro to lead the revolution going on behind the scenes, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm happy to see what 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 we end up doing with this botsman venomous partnership, even if it's just like continuing the whack the the wacky villain hijinks, but like with a twist, you know, and they're happy together. That makes the villainy a lot more fun when it's coming from a place of happiness as opposed to a place of bitterness, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. that's what makes it all worthwhile. And maybe that's what it should make all our lives worthwhile. We should try doing things with passion and not based out of sadness. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Words <laughs> to live by, yes. Finish uh, strong. Yeah. Uh, you can find out the info on this podcast at overlyanimated.com. Um, you can join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about OKKO or any other um, things we cover. Um, Steve mentioned that we have an anime channel as well. Be a lot, all many, many different anime watchers there that mm-hmm. you can discuss stuff with. You can do that at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. Um, you can support us by Patreon at patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Lucas, a.k.a. Rocco. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Alex, Beatrice, Hugh, and Michael. Uh, along with OKKO, we've got uh, coverage of Miraculous Ladybug going mm-hmm. on. We've got uh, the... F- uh, we're wrapping up Star versus the Forces of Evil. Oh. We recently covered uh, Tuca and Birdie. We've got DuckTales going on. Yeah. So, a lot, lot, lots <laughs> of diff- different shows going on. Um, OKKO, we got this surprise Batch of Sits episodes. We didn't know it was coming, and now we don't really know when the next Batch is yes. coming. Yes. But whenever it happens, we'll be back to talk about it. We'll check in with our with our crew. Um, yeah. But yeah, un- until then, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.